Good morning, family. How are we doing? Man, that, you guys are awake this morning. That was uh, beautiful. Uh, if we have not met yet, uh, my name is C.J. White, uh, and my family and I have been a part of Fellowship Bible Church for the past couple years. Uh, well, it might not even seem that long because last year was a blur to all of us, right? Um, now, we were also a part of this body a while back, um, man, probably about six, seven years ago, before my family ventured into church planting. Okay, around that time we ventured into that, and currently I lead out the U.S. program for church planting with an organization called Reliant Mission, and I'm just so thankful to be able to still continue that work for the Lord. Now, uh, I'm married to my wife and best friend, Kelly. Uh, if those of you have not met her, um, she's an amazing uh, woman of God. And we've been given two kiddos, uh, Naya and Reef. Um, and I literally, as I was writing this out and saying, I probably can't call them kiddos anymore because they're 13 and 11. And we are venturing into teen and preteen era. So we're talking about prayer. You know what, what we need um, in our household. Uh, well, it's my pleasure and honor to be with you all this morning. It truly is. And we're continuing our series, Walking Through the Lord's Prayer. Okay, what historically has been known as the Lord's Prayer. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew 6. Uh, we're going to be in verses 5 through 13. Matthew 6, 5 through 13. Now, if you remember from last week, Slade kind of kicked us off, and he was covering the first line of the Lord's Prayer, the opening address of what we find in Matthew 6, and it was found in verse 9. Now, in this prayer, we see Jesus communicating with his disciples and setting forth a model, an example of how they are to pray. So he says, when you pray, pray like this. So it's no question, family, if we say we're followers of Jesus, we are to be a praying people. We're to be a praying people. And it was a beautifully encouraging word last week, and I know it was for myself and reminder that when you are praying, when we're praying, you're praying to your Father. You're praying to your Father in heaven, and not just my personal Father, our Father, our collective Father. So no matter your perception of what a Father is, your experience of an earthly Father, whether it was what we would define as great or, or really tragic and hard, all of it pales in comparison to the one true God of all creation. What a gift it is to know and come to know him, the Lord, as Father. So we can know that when we pray, when we step into this, that you are approaching your Father. And as you do that, it sets the stage for the rest of your prayer, if you're coming to him as Father. Now today, we're going to look at the first phrase right after the initial address of what Jesus is asking of us and showing us. And that is, hallowed be your name. Now, prayer is a unique and wonderful gift. I mean, it is mind-blowing to me that we can even commune with the creator of the universe. It is miraculous. It is a miracle gift that's been given to us. Yet, so often, you and I can struggle with it. Have you ever struggled to pray? I mean, let's be openly honest here. It's like that thing that we know if we've come to be a Christian or we've been around church, like, I know I need to be praying. I know I need to read my Bible, right? Like this duty that we have, and we have such a hard time seeing it as a gift. Have you ever said the words, I know I should be praying more? Or do you find yourself always just kind of praying the same words? Like I just find myself repeating the same thing over and over. 
Or even as you're praying, uh, I please hope I'm not the only one that this happened to, you start praying to your father, and then within 30 seconds, you start running through the list of what your day is going to happen, and then you forget to say, in Jesus' name, amen, and then 30 minutes later, you go, oh, I was praying. Shoot, uh, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> what is happening in our hearts when we come to our father in prayer? Now, let me tell you, I think one of the things that we long to, or we're, if we're honest with ourselves, we're quick to run to prayer when disaster happens, right? Like if sickness befalls myself or a loved one, if all of a sudden I lose a job, if I need a physical circumstance, I'm so quick to run to prayer. But, but yet, if that is all the content of my prayers, something's lacking, something's happening. Now, if you've ever struggled in prayer, you're not alone. You're not alone. Pastor John Newton, uh, if you're familiar with him, he wrote Amazing Grace, right? One of the most famous hymns ever. Um, one of the most influential pastors in my life. He, he wrote this in one of his letters. He said, I sometimes think that the prayers of believers afford a, stray, a stronger proof of a depraved nature than even the profaneness of those who know not the Lord. So he goes on to say, he says, how strange is it that I have a conviction that I'm supposed to pray, and not only that, I see it as an honor and a privilege, but then he says this, I should still find myself so unwilling to engage in it. However, I think it's not prayer that I'm weary of, but such prayers as mine. How, what's happening? That, that we can literally have a knowledge or a head knowledge and saying, I know this is like awesome and I should be doing it. I've got no desire to do it. Or I'm weary of maybe just what I'm praying. Well, I think one of the tendencies we can have is if we're just going to God for our physical needs or when things happen, what happens in prayer? It's all about us. We're focused on self. And that was never the intention of us communing with our Father. As we look to his word, prayer is continuing a conversation he's already started. We don't start the conversation. And so Jesus is going to show us that this is a problem that we have, and he knows this so well, and he's going to reset our hearts this morning. And we'll see that since we are children of God, we must pray for our Father's name to be set apart and revered in our lives and work. Let me say that again. So since we're children of God, right, our Father in heaven, we must pray for our Father's name to be set apart and revered in our lives and world. So if you're already there, if you'll read with me, Matthew 6, uh, 5 through 13. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. This is God's word. Now, this is the Lord's Prayer, right? We we have seen this. We know it. Um, Jesus is showing you and I what and how we should be praying. Now, after we address God as Father, we start the list today of we see six petitions that Jesus is putting forth. Now, a petition is a request, something we are to ask for. And today is our first request of the Lord, and that is, hallowed be your name. Now, even as we start this series last week and you guys enter into this, I mean, you do not have to be around church at all to be familiar with this prayer, right? I mean, we see it on TV shows, before football games, people are praying. All right, let us pray. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we run through the list. We can be so familiar with this prayer, though. It's probably some of the most well-known scripture in history. And yet, because we're so familiar with it, we never ask questions of it. Or we just go through and just think, I'm just supposed to repeat these words. That we never just ask maybe simple questions. And so what Jesus is saying, and and listen, why we read the first few verses, five through eight, is those are dangers for you and I. Like we can then just think, okay, I know this, it's just a duty. And so like the Pharisees, I'm just going to repeat this. And, and externally, I literally think I'm just doing like behavior modification. If I, if I pray this on the outside and I just do it, I'm good. Or I have no idea what they are behind it. And I'm just thinking if I keep praying, if I keep praying, I'm just offering up empty phrases like verse 7. Now, I have three questions for us to ask this morning. All right, three simple questions. And these, these questions we have learned in kindergarten and we can ask of all scripture and they will get us far of what the Lord's showing us. First, it's what does it mean to pray hallowed be your name? Okay, and then why are we to pray hallowed be your name? And then finally, how? How are we to pray hallowed be your name? So first, what does it, may, what does it mean to pray hallowed be your name? Well, first off, it's important to know it is a petition. Like, this is something we are to ask for. Jesus reveals to us, after he says we pray to God as Father, he shows us that we have a simple request. But this is not a simple statement of praise. So this is why it's a petition, okay? We need to make sure we know we're not just saying, Father, your name is glory, right? No, we are asking, Father, hallowed be your name. This is what Jesus is telling his disciples. I know for so long, for me, I was thinking, this is just a statement. Like, I know God is to be glorified. And I'm just saying, praise you, praise you. No, it's so much more than that. It's so much more. The word hallowed is an interesting word for us, right? Seems something like old English to us. And so why is it still in our English translations? Because it paints such a beautiful picture of what's happening. And so the original root Greek word here, it's actually in the verb form. And so it's meaning to be holy. And in the verb form, it's really like closer to what we would say sanctifier, sanctification, right? It's to be set apart. And so what Jesus is saying here is we're to pray for the Lord's name to be set apart as holy, perfect, and righteous as it is. We're requesting that. This is what we need to be praying for. Let the Lord's name be kept holy. Let it be revered, worshiped. 
And let me point out, this is not a personal request alone. We are to pray this in our own lives. Father, hallowed be your name, but this is universal. We are to pray this, that it encompasses everything under the sun, is to hallow the name of the Lord. Meaning, when we pray, Father, hallowed be your name, we are praying and asking for his name to be revered and worshipped by everyone and everything. Everything. He created all things. He is deserving of worship and honor for his name to be holied, or holy and glorified. So not only I glorify your name personally, but would every inch of this earth hallow, worship, and make holy your name. Is that what you're praying for when you've prayed this prayer? Man, Father, hallowed be your name everywhere. Jesus is meaning when he's saying here too, what is to be hallowed? The name of the Lord, right? The name of the Lord. Now, the Lord has many names. If we look through the Old Testament and we see we have many names of the Lord, but what Jesus is saying here is it encompasses all who God is. Every single one of his names that speak to who he is, this is the name to be hallowed. We sang, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, right? We sang to Yahweh, the name that Moses had when he came to the Lord and the Lord said, go tell them I am sent you. This close personal God is our father, but look at the beautiful dichotomy of the change. He's our father, but yet he's the most God almighty, perfect, righteous, holy God of the universe. So when we come to this, we are not to come to this prayer with a sole personal mindset that I'm praying strictly for myself. But my Father's name is so great, I am to pray for it to be hallowed in every dark crevice, mountaintop, coastline, from the depths of the sea to the furthest stars in the sky. I think we so often have such a small picture of who God is. We need to pray for his name to be hallowed everywhere. Everywhere. His name is to be revered and set apart. So this is what you're praying. When you pray that prayer... This is what you are to be praying for, for your Father's name to be kept holy and set apart in all his creation. So we're scratching the surface. All right, we see what that is. We see what the prayer is to be. But, but why? Why are we to pray, hallowed be your name? Now, I love Jesus. Jesus is extremely intentional. Okay, he knows exactly what he's saying and why he's saying it. And he knows the importance and specific placement of this prayer. There's a reason it comes first. Now notice the first three petitions, right? We're gonna continue them next week and the week after that. All of the first three petitions that Jesus gives are God-centered, okay? Each one is a plea directly to the Lord for his name and his purposes, and this first request of hallowed be your name is foundational in the life of every follower of Christ. Why is that and why does Jesus place such importance on us praying for this? Well, in praying for our Father's name to be hallowed, and this is gonna be like our main point through the day, is we find our primary purpose. We find our primary purpose as Christians and children of God. You and I were created to worship God. 
and live in perfect, perfect harmony with our creator. Every single human from the beginning of time was created to worship God. God is deserving of all glory and honor to the ends of the earth. And we see Jesus constantly giving glory to God. Constantly. In John 17, when he goes to pray, and Jesus is praying for us and what the Lord has brought him to do. He's about to go hang on a cross. He says at the beginning of that verse in 17.1, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son. Why? That the son may glorify you. And in verse 4, he goes on to say, I glorified you on earth. This is the chief end of all creation is to glorify God. That is what is the goal. But for you and I, something drastically wrong happened. Now we have a problem and we have barriers to live in this harmonious relationship with our father and so does the entire world. So we have to go back. We have to go back to the very beginning and in Genesis 1 in the creation story, okay? At this time, man lived in perfect relationship with God. When God created man and all things Adam and Eve were in Garden of Eden with perfect relationship with their father. And then most of you are familiar with the story, I'm sure, what happened. The serpent comes along and tempts them that God might be holding out on them, right? Like, hey, he said you have everything except this one tree. He's holding out on you. Surely God was keeping from them something he wanted only for himself. The exact second, now listen to this, the exact second Adam and Eve set apart themselves from their creator, sin entered the world and fractured everything. It did not just fracture your relationship with the Lord, it fractured everything. It distorted all things. Now we are born into this world, enemies of God, and under his wrath due to our sin. Sin twists our worship. This is what it does. It twists our worship. And now we start to worship ourselves, our own desires, our relationships, the cowboys. Hey, you might be laughing, but listen, in two months, there's going to be a huge worship service every Sunday in Arlington. But thanks be to God that he sent his son, Jesus, to guess what? Live a perfect life of worship. And he lived a perfect life of worship for you and died the death you deserved because there was penalty due for your sinful worship. And Jesus took it all upon the cross, hanging for your sin and mine in perfect worship to God. And this is a holy and righteous God who cannot be near sin. And so Jesus took it all on so that our sin, because of our sin, we could go to him. He took it all so we could go to him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So in that moment, when you have repented and trusted in Jesus, all that he is, his life, death, and resurrection, you're counted as righteous and now can go to the one holy, righteous, perfect God in prayer. What an amazing gift, church. And you can worship him as you were meant to. This is why we pray to our Father. Hallowed be your name. Your primary purpose is worship. To adore him, set apart, and revere God Almighty, Yahweh, your heavenly Father. But there's still an issue. Man, 
Yet even as Christians, right, and the follower of Christ, Jesus knows you are still a work in progress. Anybody think they're perfect in here? Uh, well, even if you do think you're perfect, I got I to gotta tell you something. There's only one that lived perfect, and there's only one that is. You are being made into the image of God. And guess how we're being made into the image of God? By beholding his glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all with unveiled face, by beholding the glory of God, are being transformed one degree of glory to the next. And guess what the glory of God is? In chapter 4, it goes on to tell us that it's fully met in the face of Jesus Christ. So as we behold Jesus, we're being transformed, and now we are to pray to our Father for his name to be hallowed. But we worship other things still, don't we? We do. It is easy for us to all of a sudden sin tempt us and we're not made perfect and we go to worship other things that cannot fulfill all that our creator and worship of him was meant to. Uh, do we have any basketball fans in here? Any? I know we're football country. Okay, I like basketball. So we're coming up to the NBA finals. I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona. The Phoenix Suns are like my team, okay? This was before when we only had them. Uh, if you don't know, they're in the NBA Finals, and for only the second time in my entire life. I'm not super old, but I'm not super young, so that's, a, that's been a while. I've watched more basketball in the last month than I have in the last 10 years, okay, because they are, like, crushing it. Well, I find myself last week watching the Suns game against the Los Angeles Clippers and them about to go to the finals, hopefully, and I'm standing up next to the TV and all of a sudden, my heart starts to, like, really race. And I have to step back after that game, and I go, I think I was just worshiping that. I got so into that that I forgot everything. It changed my, like, physical body. That's, that is not what God intended. Sin grabs and pulls at us. And so it's so easy for you and I to solely focus on ourselves, especially in prayer, that we need to remember the first most important thing is hallowed be your name. Not just what I need, because Jesus has given you everything you need. You and I can quickly shift our prayers from hallowed be your name to hallowed be my name. And you might say you would never say that, but your actions speak differently. Okay? Now, it's not wrong to pray for your needs. We need to go to our Father and cry out to him, and he loves to answer the prayers of his children. He knows what you need before you pray it, remember? But our first, ultimate, primary purpose is to hallow his name. Now, how, why do we continue to do this? What are some of the things that maybe you're hallowing before the Lord? Has that been you? Have you found yourself setting yourself apart? Whether or family, kids, man, it's easy to worship kids, when our kids were little, it was like all about them. Approval of others, our desire, my appearance. Man, I know teenagers were about to go to reach camp. I knew all through high school, I was constantly just worried about what girls thought I looked like. I was worshiping something. And, and let me touch on this today too. Because we come on a day that I think can have danger of worship for us. And it's 4th of July. And I loved what Dirk said about reminding us where our citizenship is. Because family, especially if we look at the last year, we can so easily hallow our freedom 
that we're praying for that above hallowing the Lord's name. America is not hallowed ground. Your home is not here. You live here. Your home is beyond the sun with your creator of the universe that is holy, perfect, and righteous. And we need to be praying for his name to be hallowed in this country. Because what about our brothers and sisters that are overseas or in a place where it is illegal to be worshiping Jesus in public? And they're still praying, hallowed be your name. Whether this place is free or not, I'm going to continue to pray for that till kingdom come. We're in danger if we are giving in to just our country. And God bless America. Yes, God bless America. But hallowed be your name in America. Let it be worshiped here. Now, as I talk about our primary purpose and we talk about it not just being personal, we need to be remembered that we're praying this for all peoples. Uh, John Piper, in his book, Let Nations Be Glad, um, says this line. And he says, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions. Because God is ultimate, not man. You hear that? That is so beautiful. That God is ultimate, not us. And that is why we have a mission, is because there deserves and needs to be more worshipers of God. And we'll get into this as we continue through the prayer. But hallowed be his name, so his kingdom will come. You see, it is all tied in. Jesus knows exactly what he's doing as he tells us to pray. God is ultimate, not you, not me, and he deserves our worship. He is to be revered, set apart, praised, honored from here in Longview to the ends of the earth. Hallowed be your name. This is primary. So we've looked at what this phrase is and all it encompasses, right? And why Jesus is telling us to pray for it. So finally, how do we live this out? How are we to pray, hallowed be your name? If you're like, man, I'll tell you, I've been trying to do that. I'll pray, hallowed be your name, and I say it, and I say it, but I don't, I don't know if anything's happening. I, I find myself drawing cold to it. Well, simply put, we start by asking for it. If you haven't, start asking, right? Start asking it. Ask the question, have you ever prayed for this? Have you been praying it the way Jesus intended it? Yeah, you might say, yes, I know I'm supposed to adore God, but I really haven't in my prayer life. There's nothing stopping you from starting. There's nothing. Be intentional and pray for our Father's name to be hallowed. Now, I do have some steps, uh, and this will get into our kind of responses uh, from, from what the Lord Jesus is telling us. But how, how maybe can we foster this in our lives? How can we stir up to hallow the Lord's name? Well, first, we need to ask God what we've been hallowing in place of him. Like, we need to say, Jesus, is there any other thing that I'm worshiping before you? Because if there is, you're probably more apt to pray for that than you are him. And so please, I love King David. Like, he constantly did this. Oh, Lord, search my heart and see if there's any grievous way in me. Like, be honest with him. Ask him. And then repent. Like, family, repentance is a gift. Okay, I try to tell my kids this all the time. Repentance is a gift. It shouldn't make us feel guilty or run away from the Lord. He's saying, I know you've been worshiping that thing before me. Well, repent of it because I already hung on the cross for it. 
That's what Jesus is telling you. And he's saying, now you're freed up. Remember again, I'm going to pick you back up. Look at me, behold me, and pray for your father's name to be hallowed. You have to ask of it. And this kind of goes in line. It, it, it's an implication, I think, for us how we can do this. Because maybe you come to the Lord, and, and again, we know our issues with prayer. Like, I, man, I just don't want to do it. I, I, it's boring. I, I don't desire to do it. But maybe you see that you are supposed to. And so I love the story of uh, the father in Mark chapter 9. Okay? So the father in Mark chapter 9 had this son who had seizures, was overtaken by demons, and was cast into fire. And the disciples were trying to cast out the demons, and they, and they couldn't. And they're like, how does this, Jesus, how does this happen? And Jesus goes, this is only cast out by prayer. And then he goes, if you believe. And the father says this line that I think is vital for all of us to be praying. He says, I believe. Help my unbelief. Jesus, I know you're supposed to be hallowed and all of that, but my heart is not feeling it at all lately. I'm worshiping everything else. But help me. Like, help me to pray, hallowed be your name. I pray this all the time, whether I'm praying by myself or with my family or with people. At the end of our prayers, I always say a declaration like, Jesus, we love you. Help us to love you more. And that's it. Like, we see your name to be hallowed. Father, hallow it. Like, make it happen in my heart because there's other things that are ridiculous, like basketball, that are trying to take place of it. So ask him to show you. And then second is meditate. Meditate on who the Lord is. Now, I'm not talking about grab your yoga mat and sit there and just, um, right? But have you ever meditated on scripture? Like just sat on it, what God's saying, who he is? I'm so fast, right? Like I move from one thing to the next and this is, this is who I am. I have to be intentional in sitting. Uh, last week, our family went to Greer Farm. Uh, anybody been out there blueberry, blackberry picking? Uh, if you haven't, it's awesome. It's like 40 minutes away. But so we're there. And my daughter like gives this beautiful picture of this. She, she comes up to a blueberry bush. Now they're just getting ripe. And this one's loaded. And Naya just starts picking. And so I get in there. I start picking a couple. Reef is like running around picking some. And then after I got about five or 10, I move on to the next bush. And then I go on to the next one. And then I make sure I get to the next row. And then because there's a lot of bushes out there, I got to get to every one. And then I come back and all of a sudden the Lord hit me and goes, you guys have drastically different picking styles. <laughs> and, and I go to Naya and I'm like, and she's still there, just, just getting every juicy blueberry on that bush. I go, what are you doing? And she goes, why would I go to all the other bushes when this one's full of delicious fruit? <sighs> have you ever sat in the last week at your Lord's feet and seen how precious his fruit is? Lord, how be my father, how amazing are you? Meditate on him, all that he is. And I guarantee you, your heart will be stirred up to say, hallowed be your name. It is so glory, perfect, and righteous that every single inch of this universe is deserved, needs to worship you. Let that stir your heart. Pick every fruit he gives you. Sit on him, meditate on him, all his beauty and glory. And let that lead you to Finally, just pray. Be stirred up to pray. I'll tell you one of the most beautiful places to just have your heart stirred is going through the Psalms and especially the Psalms of Ascent. All right, that's going, if it's hard for you to remember anything, go triple digits, okay? Go Psalm 130 up, all right? David pray, prays this prayer in Psalm 145. He says, 
Psalm 145, 21. He says, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. That comes right after the first 20 verses when he's constantly telling us who God is, right? If you sit on Psalm 148, that whole thing is praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all the earth. Praise the Lord, the hills, the mountaintops, everything that the Lord's done. All the beasts, livestock, everyone praise his name. Sit in that. Pray that. This is what we are to pray for. And family, like even ask, like, when was the last time maybe you prayed for the Lord's name to be hallowed on your street? Right, right here in Longview. Like us as a body of Christ together. But where we live. Man, I was convicted this week, and I, I'm, I couldn't tell you the last time I prayed. Father, on Beverly Street between Justin and McCann, hallowed be your name. We need to be a praying people and praying for our primary purpose, for his name to be hallowed. Because as we adore him and praise him, he's the one that can actually fulfill your greatest joy. Everything else you worship can't. And everyone else that we're to show and share the gospel to, he's their greatest need. And so hallowed be his name. Hallowed be his name. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to put this into practice. Okay? Um, hopefully that doesn't make many of you too uncomfortable. What we're going to do is we're going to pray for like three to five minutes with maybe who you came with, your family, if you're sitting with your small group, friends, and we're going to pray for this. And simply just this, like, Father, hallowed be your name. And if that is all you say is even just that line, well, the motivations of your heart and why you're doing it is vital. And so know as you pray, hallowed be your name, everything we've talked about is what you're praying for. And so we're going to pray for his name to be hallowed here among us, in your own hearts. As, as, as we've been talking, if Jesus has stirred your heart and go, man, I, I have been worshiping other things. Well, confess that, give that to him. But then pray for our city, pray for our church, pray for our country today to be hallowed and to the ends of the earth. I have friends that are overseas right now to an unreached people group that are very, it's in dangerous times. We need to be praying for those places. Hallowed be your name. And so go ahead and start praying. Like if you, now let me say, if you are uncomfortable to pray out loud, that is okay. You will not be judged. Okay. Or if you have never even come to trust in Jesus and you're like, I, you're going to just start talking out loud to God right here? Hey, that's okay. But if you've had any stirring in your heart, maybe in your own mind, talk to the Lord. And so we're going to go ahead and pray. I'll go ahead and after that time, I'll come up and I'll just close us in prayer. So if you're praying as I still come up, don't worry. You don't have to immediately shut it off, finish up. And then we'll hallow the Lord's name together. Amen? All right, well, let's, let's get after the Lord, family.